Hello everyone, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of My Thoughts Exactly. I missed you guys. I had pre-filmed so many episodes. I think it was three episodes of Killer Instinct and two episodes of My Thoughts Exactly that I pre-filmed. And I just feel like I haven't had the chance to sit down and talk to you guys in a while. I pre-filmed all those videos and then I went to San Diego for the holidays to spend time with my family. And I honestly had the best time. I hadn't been to San Diego in about a year fully. I mean, I went back in May, but that was only for a couple days. I surprised my mom for Mother's Day. But before that, I really hadn't been there since this time last year, like the holidays of last year. So I definitely didn't even realize how much I missed it until I got there, but it was really, really good to spend time and just unwind. I had the best time with my family and seeing some old friends was great. And so I hope that you guys had a wonderful, wonderful holiday, whatever you ended up doing, whether that was you were with family or friends or by yourself. I hope that you felt loved in one way or another. And I hope you guys had a really nice New Year's too. I feel like I have gotten to the point where I don't think I can hang like I used to. I used to be out till all hours of the night doing God knows what with God knows who. And now I just, it's not in me anymore. I can't do it. And so for New Year's looking forward, I think that my New Year's will consist of me in sweatpants on the couch with my dog and like takeout and my boyfriend and maybe some friends. But the whole going out thing is just not, it's not on the cards for me anymore. I just, I'm not that cool anymore. I just can't do it. Um, but I hope that you guys had a really fun New Year's. If you did go out or if you did stay in, I hope that you felt very well rested. What's so funny is I didn't even stay up late. I think I went to bed at like 1230, which, you know, call it what you want, but it's New Year's. I did want to stay up, but I went to bed at like 1230 and I wasn't drunk or anything, but it just going to bed that late altered my entire next day. I just, I felt hungover even though I wasn't hungover and it was just, I was tired. I'm used to going to bed now. Like I go to bed very early. I feel like I go to bed around like 9.30. Sometimes Hayden and I will literally go upstairs and get ready for bed at like 7.30, but we don't end up fully going to sleep until like 9, 9.30-ish, 10, 10.30, it depends. Moral of the story, I'm not used to staying up till midnight anymore. And so it definitely altered my day uh, the next day. But you know what? It's all good. Everything started on Monday. I feel like it was perfect that New Year's Eve was on a Saturday because then Sunday you had a day to recover. And then Monday was like, okay, everything's getting kicked back into gear. Or at least that's how I felt. But I hope you guys had fun, whatever it is that you ended up doing. But yeah, for me, the foreseeable future New Year's Eve will look like staying home. And if next year I'm telling you guys like, oh my God, I'm doing going out and like getting crazy and whatever, tell me Savannah, shut up and stay home, please. Thank you. Okay, so for today's episode, I'm excited about this one. I've been waiting for this one. Today's episode is titled, He's Just Not That Into You. And if you don't know what we're talking about today, today we are talking about the one and only situationships. I feel like the term situationship, which we will get into in a second, is one that has become very popular in the recent like two years, maybe two and a half, something like that. And I feel like before situationship, a lot of, it was like either like friends with benefits or talking, like we've always had all of these like weird, like little phrases that we've coined to, you know, basically cover up the fact that 
we're talking to someone that doesn't want to be with us. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but I feel like we've always just like had these like little phrases and lately it's been the situation chip. And I feel like from someone who is a veteran, veteran when it comes to situationships, which don't worry, I have stories for you today. Today is a story time sav day. So I feel like from someone who has been in so many situationships and so many different types of situationships, I can give a lot of good insight as to why you should not maintain them and why you should not be in them and what the signs are to look for to show you that you're heading down the road of a situationship versus a relationship. Before we get into that, let's define a situationship. So I actually posted this on the My Thoughts Exactly Instagram. Um, I looked up the situationship definition on Urban Dictionary, which honestly, probably not the best place to get your, you know, definitions from. But just so you get a clear understanding of the type of situation we're talking about. When two people take part in a relationship, but out of fear of making things serious, they do not label it, leading to said relationship ironically becoming more serious and more messy. And the example used in a sentence, if you want it in a sentence, it says a situationship is emotional trauma in a gift box, which honestly I can confirm. So before we get into me trash talking a situationship, because personally, I just, I think that they're the worst. I think that they are really not beneficial in any way, shape or form. However, if you are one of those people that prefer to be in situationships over relationships, if you're one of the people that are scared of putting a label on it and you're the one making the situationship messier or more toxic and that's okay with you, you know, by all means, go crazy, but just make sure that the other person is on the same page with you. And basically what I mean by that is just, you know, communicate, talk, be normal people. Because I do know in the comments, like I, I was talking to you guys about situationships on Instagram and you said that you're in one and, and one of you said that you're in one, but you don't really mind because you don't really want a relationship. And in those instances, you know, it, you know, I, like I said, go crazy, but I think it's important to communicate. It's important to talk because a lot of times what I've noticed just through not only myself, but my friends and, you know, mutuals and things like that. I notice that it's typically just one person. It's one person who has their mind on one thing and one person who has their mind on another. One person wants a relationship. One person is just kind of comfortable in the weird, messy situationship phase. So just to sum that part up, I think that if you want to be in a situationship, go for it, but just make sure that you and the other person are on the same page. I think that that's incredibly crucial when being in a so-called situationship. And I was thinking about this the other day, you know, what's the difference between being in a situationship or talking or friends with benefits? I feel like friends with benefits, I can differentiate that in my mind because it's basically is exactly what it sounds like. You're friends with the benefits. Talking versus being in a situationship, when I was going through this all in my mind the other day, I feel like the talking phase, in my opinion, should last no more than a couple weeks. Personally, that's just what I think. I think a couple weeks and then you kind of, you know, figure out what you're doing. 
right? And then after a couple of weeks, if it hasn't, you know, progressed to take that step to define whatever it is that you guys are doing, whatever direction that you decide to go in, if it surpasses that, then in my mind, you fall into this sticky situationship type of deal. And I guess one of my big goals today in talking to you about situationships is to show you and to try and get across the point that you deserve more. Because I feel like oftentimes when we find ourselves in these situationships, I was going to say situations, but situationships for real, oftentimes when we find ourselves in these situationships, we get complacent and we feel like this is okay and that we don't deserve more than what we're getting. And the fact of the matter is, is that you deserve a lot more than uncertainty and someone who's not fully committed to you and someone who has one foot in the door, one foot out the door at all times. You deserve more than that. I feel like in today's society, in our reality, we have normalized the situationship way past what we should have. I feel like the situationship, someone should have shut the door on that a long time ago, but no one did. So I'm here to do it today with you. And I feel like in situationships, a lot of times we are taught through them that we're asking for too much. When you get complacent in a situationship and you're kind of sitting there twiddling your thumbs and you're on the side of wanting it to go somewhere else and you're on the side of you know wanting to progress into a relationship and that's the destination that you're hoping to get to with whoever you're experiencing this with, a lot of times I feel like situationships alter our mind to think that we're asking for too much when in reality we're asking for the bare minimum. And with situationships, it's like, okay, I wanted to find the relationship and I want to see where they're at with it and I want to know where they think it's going and all of these different questions, but you almost feel like you can't ask them and you almost feel like you have to sit here and just kind of wait around and see what happens and see what the next move is going to be and you wait for things to change. But the fact of the matter is, sadly, it's more than likely not going to and that's not what you want to hear. When you're in a situationship, trust me, I know. And there are times where it's different. You know, I know that a lot of you in talking on Instagram, you said that you are now currently dating your situationship. It went on for eight months, 10 months, a year, and you finally started dating, which is great. If it works for you, great. But again, I just think that situationships has taught us as a society that we shouldn't be asking for what we deserve and we should just kind of be complacent with way below the bare minimum. And I feel like automatically pretty automatically in most cases. Again, there are some exceptions, but I feel like situationships oftentimes just set you up for failure. I think that they're kind of screwed from the get-go. I think the dynamic is automatically off when one person is ready for a defined relationship and one person is ready to take that step and the other person is, you know, taking their time and feeling it out and not know and they don't know yet and maybe one day, you know, and just you wait around forever. And that's why I feel like situationships are kind of screwed from the get-go. And the fact of the matter is is that you deserve someone who is certain about you. You deserve someone who chooses you. You deserve someone who doesn't view you as an option 
or as a maybe one day or as a, you know, let's just see where this goes after months or weeks or whatever. And granted, there is obviously an appropriate amount of time for, you know, the talking stage and the getting to know each other stage. I'm not saying that that doesn't exist and that you automatically go into talking to someone knowing that you're ready to date them forever and you're no whatever. There's different circumstances for that. I'm just, I'm talking about a different scenario. That is, that is different. And when we're in situationships and we're on the side of things where we are waiting for the person to be ready and we're waiting for the person to be like, you know what? I'm all in. And we're waiting for the person to choose us. First of all, you're going to be waiting forever. That's just the fact of the matter. I know that there is some off cases, but more than likely you will be waiting around forever because when you're in a situationship, more than likely you are dealing with someone who at the moment is emotionally unavailable. Will it be that way forever? Probably not. But at that time, you're in a situation with someone who is emotionally unavailable, whether that be to you specifically or just in general. So think about it. Why would that person who is really getting the best of both worlds, they're getting to have their cake and they're getting to eat it too. Why would they want to change that? If you're waiting around for them to, you know, define the relationship or ask, you know, what are we or where, you know, anything about that, they're not going to do that because they're comfortable and because you are convenient to them. Because if it's not you, it more than likely will be someone else. They're not going to walk away from a situation they're not going away they're not going to walk away from someone or something that is convenient for them at that moment. And I think that that's something that when you're on the flip side of the situationship and you're the one that's wanting that exclusivity and commitment and things like that, you wait around cuz you're waiting for that to happen. You're like, you know, this can't go on forever. Like they're going to come around eventually. And the fact of the matter is is that if they wanted to they would. And this is where the if they wanted to they would comes into play. I mean, you hear that all the time. If they wanted to, they would. If they wanted to, they would. And I think that that is a tricky game to play. But when it comes to this type of situation, I truthfully believe that that is the case. If someone wanted to show you that they choose you over anyone else and you're not stuck in this you know, middle ground or anything like that, they would. They would have the conversation. They would have the they would have the eagerness to make that happen. And that has nothing to do with you doing anything wrong. Because a lot of times when you have these emotionally unavailable people, you are pouring yourself into them. You are filling up their cup so high that yours is literally draining. Because if it wasn't for you, if you just pulled away forever, more than likely, they would be okay with it. And that sucks. It's a shitty reality. And I think a lot of times you're like, no, that's not, you know, they care more than that. They, you know, whatever. No, like the big sister advice and like the harsh reality is if it wasn't you, it would be someone else. And I think that that's comforting when thinking about, you know, a lot of times we look and be like, well, why us? Like, well, why me? Like, is there something wrong with me that makes them not want to commit? The answer is no. It falls back on them. They're not ready. And it probably won't be that way forever, but you're not going to want to wait around until that happens because you'll be waiting forever. And again, this is not me telling you what you should and should not be doing with your life. If you're someone who likes the idea of situationships, if it's fun to you and you like the idea of a no pressure situation, situation. If you can communicate that to your partner and you guys are on the same page, then literally have at it. I think that, you know, if this is something that you can handle, then go for it. I think a lot of times in society today, 
we've almost been trained to believe that we should be okay with these things. And again, if you're the type of person that can be okay with this, then great and power to you. But don't sit there and lie to yourself when you know that you're the type of person that isn't okay with these things. And it's okay to want more and it's okay to expect more. But oftentimes that requires changing course and changing who you're seeing. Because you know that saying, and it's so cliche to say this, but you know that saying that it's like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. That literally applies here too. You can't just go through the same motions every day, allowing you know the bare minimum or allowing yourself to be in this messy gray period or this messy gray spot and expect that one day it's just going to change. And I just think it's really important to talk about this. And I think it's a really important thing to address because I think that so often, like I said, in our society, we've just come, we've just become complacent with this idea that we can allow the bare minimum when we actually deep down want so much more and deserve so much more. I think it's so important to be able to finally put your foot down and say, you know what? I want more. I deserve more. And if this isn't serving me anymore in the way that, you know, I want it to, then I need to do something about it. And I think that if that's the case, then you need to be able to walk away from something that isn't serving you. I've said it a million times before, and I will say it again. If they are stupid enough to let you go, you have to be smart enough to walk away. And that doesn't have to be without conversation. That doesn't have to be without, you know, communicating with that person and letting them know this is where I'm at and I don't know if we're going to get on the same page or if you get an answer that you don't want to hear. You have to be willing, able, and ready to stand up for yourself and to fight for yourself and to put yourself first and say, you know what? This isn't serving me. It was fun while it lasted for whatever it was and walk away. bottom line is I just want you guys to know what you deserve. And I think that that's something that took me a long time to realize. And I kind of want to spare you the pain of having to go through all of that because it sucks. And having to be in a gray area with someone sucks and having to question and wonder and all of these things. And the, I think another really key component fact of this is that if someone likes you, like truly likes you, you will know. And if not, you'll be confused. I said that years and years ago. If someone likes you, you'll know. And if not, you'll be confused. And a lot of times in situationships, you just end up confused. And it's because there isn't a sense of commitment. There isn't a, there's no exclusivity. There's no any of it. And by the way, people know when they want to date you. This isn't something where people need weeks or months to figure out if they actually want to date you. When someone wants you, they will let you know. You know, if you're sitting around, you know, weeks and months go by and you're like, you know, maybe they're going to come around and maybe they just need time to figure it out. First of all, why do you want to give someone the time to figure out whether or not you're worthy of being with them? If they don't see your worth and your value right off of the bat, then they're not worthy of you, period. But also, you know, it doesn't take that long for someone to figure out if they want to be with you or not. I've asked this to a couple of my guy friends just to kind of, you know, gauge the male perspective a little bit. And most of them said that they know pretty much automatically, if not maybe a couple days or a week into it when they're talking to a girl, if they think that this is someone that they could seriously see potential with. So I just don't want you to sit around and wait and wonder 
and waste your time on someone who's not valuing you where you deserve to be valued. Now, with that being said, I told you guys that we have a story time and I am going to give you, it's almost embarrassing. Like Loki, you guys, this is an embarrassing story and I didn't really, like I've gone back and forth on whether or not I want to share it because it's, it's that bad. It's that embarrassing. And I feel like for a long time, like on the internet, I've, you know, like portrayed, like don't take shit and like, you know, men are trash and like, you know, go on to the next and play the game and whatever. This is probably the point in my life where I was the most down bad for someone in the most messy situationship. I think that there is no right and wrong. I think that a lot of lessons were learned. And this was a very pivotal moment in my life because I really, because it altered my brain chemistry and the way that I realized how I was willing to be treated. Um, For a long time in my relationships, I've been someone who does not like confrontation. I've been someone who doesn't like to have the what are we conversation and I will skate around it for as long as humanly possible while still hoping that we are secretly on the same page, meaning while still hoping that they, the other person was in it for a relationship. I was always just kind of too afraid to hear the truth from the guys that I would talk to and I put up with some bullshit. So here's the story. Once upon a time, okay? Once upon a time, I was on a dating app and I had matched with this guy. We're going to call him, for the sake of the story, Abercrombie. Just bear with me. (laughs) So I met Abercrombie on... A dating website and he was like on paper absolutely perfect it, like no joke like he you know had an established job he you know had jobs in the entertainment industry and also had like a normal job so he was like working both ends of it he came from a great family he was incredibly attractive and we had like a similar sense of humor like everything on paper that you can imagine was perfect. And before him, I really had never experienced that. I kind of experienced guys that I would just make excuses for. And like the vibe was there, but like they had nothing that I wanted on paper. So I finally found someone who had everything I wanted on paper. And I was like, this is brilliant, genius, done, 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 perfect, perfect, perfect. So wrong, so wrong. So Abercrombie lived like this is when I was still living in San Diego at the time. He lived in LA. I lived in San Diego. Um, but I was up in LA a lot at the time. Um, I would go back and forth like every other week, every week, sometimes like it just depend. Um, so I was up in LA a lot. And while I was in LA, I would see him. So (laughs) this is so embarrassing. So essentially what ended up happening is we met, we met in like December, Um, And we hit it off really well. And he took me on dates and for all things considered made me feel like this was something worth pursuing, not only on my end, but he made me feel like he felt that I was worth pursuing, if that makes sense. Like he was making me feel like wanted and good and he seemed mature and like all of the things. So 
fast forward, not one month, not two months, not three months, not four months, (laughs) but five months, okay? Five months into us talking and seeing each other, I finally was kind of like itching. Like I was like, this is just, this something needs to change. And he wasn't a bad guy at all. That was the thing that was really frustrating. I couldn't get mad at him ever because he really wasn't a bad guy. He was always nice. He was always like perfect on paper. He was literally like, that's what kind of drove me insane is I felt like he was too perfect almost. And he tried so hard to be perfect that it was hard for me to connect to him emotionally because there was like this wall of perfection And I don't mean that in a complimentary way, just FYI, I don't. I mean, like there was a really big like block that we couldn't like cross over. There was like, I was like banging on ice, like waiting for it to crack and it was never cracking. And I remember talking to my friends and being like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know what we're doing. Like we talk, we see each other. Like at that point we were seeing each other like once a week or whatever. I knew he wasn't using me for like, any physical intimate reason because it took us about five months to get to that point. So I was confused out of my mother effing mind because, you know, you hear when you talk about these situationships, a lot of times it's like, oh, they're just using you for sex. Like they're simply just using you for sex. And in this case, I was like, okay, well, what the fuck is he using me for then? Because we're not even like sleeping together. It took us five months to get to that point. And I just did not understand where we were, like what was going on. I just didn't get it. And I would talk to my friends and I would lose my, like I just couldn't rationalize what was happening. I couldn't rationalize that this man clearly was not using me for any physical benefit. We were talking every day, seeing each other consistently, but it wasn't going anywhere. And what I realize now that I didn't realize then was he was just not that into me. And that is okay. It's a hard pill to swallow for anyone because everyone's a little like narcissistic. We just are. Everyone's a little egotistical. We think that like, of course they're going to let, you know, it's just, so when someone doesn't, it's like, "Mm, like, what do you mean? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. So I was just trying to rationalize it over and over and over again in my head without really realizing what the fact of the matter was, was just that he just wasn't that into me. And I would make excuse after excuse for him being like, you know, I get it because, you know, we live a couple hours away from each other. We see each other once a week. We're moving at a slower pace. Like we're just, we're moving slower. No, Savannah. No, that's not what was happening. I will stand by the fact that I do think that some of this was very strange. Like his behavior was odd. So regardless of the fact that like he just wasn't that into me enough to be like committed to me on an emotional level, plus a romantic one, like there was very strange behavior on his part. And I will never say that there wasn't. And so as much as I'm saying like, yeah, he just wasn't that into me, the mixed signals were shooting like in so many different directions. And so ultimately five months in, Right before we took the next step, like physically to like, you know, to sleep with each other, whatever. We're all adults here. So right before that happened, which mind you, we had like everything else had been done, but this, and I was losing my mind um, because I couldn't make any sense of it. I really, really couldn't. And I remember kind of wanting to use this to my advantage because I realized that I 
like I said, could use this to my advantage and kind of have the upper hand here and kind of be a little bit manipulative. And so I decided to ask him one night. This was actually, I think, the night that we first like fully hooked up. I asked him what his like, I basically didn't even ask. I told him that if we were to take that step and, you know, sleep with each other, that that's fine. But I don't, you know, sleep with anyone who I'm not exclusive with. And first of all, that's a lie. (laughs) Sorry, that's a lie. Um, But he didn't need to know that at that time. And I was kind of just using that to my advantage because I wanted to gauge where we were at. Because if he heard that and he's like, oh, I don't want to be exclusive with her, then he could have just said that. And I thought at the time that he was the type of guy that would tell me, you know, just straight up, um, whether that was something he would be into or not. But he agreed to my surprise. He agreed that that was the case for him too. And we kind of just mutually decided that night that we were exclusive. Now, fast forward a couple weeks, you can imagine my surprise when I saw this lovely man on another girl's TikTok. Now, this was something that, okay, so let me just, let me back up. So I was having a, um, I was having a work party. It was like for Killer Instinct. It was like a hundred episodes of Killer Instinct. I did this work, like this dinner party for it. And my family was there and my friends were there and it was in LA. So I invited him and he was like, yeah, like sounds good. Like I'm excited. Da, 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 da. And you know, uh, yeah. So whatever. He knew that there was going to be other people there. He knew my friends were going to be there. Um, and I remember you know, girls are spies. We are FBI. We are CIA. We figure shit out. Okay. Not only that, I have a true crime podcast. Like I figure things out pretty quickly. It's kind of part of my job. And so when I would see that he would post a picture or something, I would, you know, see the comments and this girl who was on TikTok would comment on his pictures pretty regularly. And I was like, is there something going on there? And then I was like, no, there's not, there can't be. Um, No, I was very much wrong because she came into town and posted on her TikTok that the two of them were on a date together. Granted, what he didn't know is that I knew that this date was happening before it was going to happen because seeing her TikTok, seeing her comments on his Instagram, I am really exposing myself here for how much of a psycho I can be, but I would look at her TikTok and see that she was coming to LA and I just, you know, she was like, I'm going to go on this date and I just knew and I was right. And what bothered me is not the fact that he went on the date with the girl. What bothered me more was the fact that I had this, you know, dinner coming up for work and he knew about it and he was going and my friends were there and my family was there and I wasn't going to be made to look out like an idiot in front of my friends and family when this guy had just gone on a date with another girl and she literally posted about it. And so at this point I was like, Savannah, you need to put your foot down. Like everything about this has been so weird Like I knew from the beginning that this was weird. And this is another key lesson in this is trust your gut. Your gut knows what you don't want to admit. And I knew that from the beginning. I knew that this was going nowhere. I knew that this was weird from the beginning. But I kept telling myself like, no, it's fine. Like he's so nice. He's perfect on paper. Like no, Savannah, no. So basically, long story short, um, I ended up texting him and telling him, you know, what the heck? We just said we were exclusive. Why are you 
on a date with another girl, which I needed to take a lesson out of my own book. I've always said to you guys that exclusive not dating is not a thing, but I rationalized it in my mind with him because I was like, oh, we're exclusive. We're making progress. Like this is progress. No, this was literally a manipulation tactic. Um, So I spoke to him the next day and he was like, I'm guessing that this is about the TikTok. Like, yeah, genius. Like, good guess. And um, he was like, listen, like there were, he gave me every excuse. That's just the moral of the story, every excuse. And ultimately, I, I, I like believed him or I didn't believe him, but I like forgave him. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Because he was like, nothing happened. It was with a group of people. Like, this is just for her TikTok. This is what she does. Like, da, 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 da. And I was like, okay, like, I guess, okay, like, I don't know, I had this dinner in, like, three days that I've been telling everyone that he was coming to, and I didn't want to, like, you know, I just, I had it all picture perfect in my mind, and it was all crumbling before my eyes, and it sounds really dramatic, it really wasn't that, <laughs> that big of a deal, but at the time, I was like, okay, yeah, sure, fine, whatever, so we go to this dinner, my friends, my family are there, everyone's there, he meets everyone, and he stays the night at my hotel, a couple of weeks later, I ended up moving to LA for a month. And this is where things went sideways. And this is where I also will tell you to talk about your feelings before you're forced to talk about them and before you can talk about them without your control, meaning don't let alcohol talk for you. Um, ultimately, what ended up happening is he had came over and we had all been drinking and I had told him or I had asked him, him and I sat down and had a conversation because one of my friends had told me that he was still on Hinge or something like that. And to me, exclusivity, I guess that this should be defined too. To me, exclusivity, even though I don't think it exists, what I thought then at the time was we're only seeing each other. We're not focusing on anyone else. We're not talking to anyone else. And we're moving in the direction of a relationship. That's what I believed at the time. And I remember sitting him down and I was like, hey, I saw, you know, my friend saw that, you know, you had a hinge or you were still on hinge. This motherfucker's response. He could have just said, yeah, you know what, Savannah, I am on hinge. Um, you know, maybe we should like, like maybe we should talk about it or I, I don't know, something normal, something that like a normal person would say. But no, he looks at me and he goes, yeah, I'm on hinge. And if you asked me to delete it, I wouldn't. And I was like, oh, okay. That's how we're starting this conversation. Cool. Good to know. The tone has been set. So my, like my, I saw red, like the bitch came out to play. I lost it on him. And what happened is it was seven months at that point, seven months of this bullshit, seven months of anger, seven months of confusion, seven months of not wanting to say anything and waiting on his timeline and doing things at his pace and letting him control everything and giving him the power and not standing up for myself came out in that moment. And I lost it. And he tried to frame it as a miscommunication. You know, we just had a miscommunication on what we thought exclusivity meant for him. You know, he just thought it meant not being physical with another person, which is also incorporated in that. But also it didn't really matter to him anyways, because he waited five months to sleep with me. So it's like, and not to say that like I'm surprised like that, even though, you know, we're trying to like hype up our own value here, but like, it's, that's not the point. It was more so that he's just not a sexual person. So it doesn't matter to him. 
And so I remember just being very hurt by it because I felt like even if that was the case, let's say this whole thing was a miscommunication because he said, he was like, I never thought that you took this that seriously. I never thought that you thought that this was something that serious. And that's what really stung because in my mind, I was like, no. Well, first of all, what we're not going to do is blame me because that's just not going to happen. But also you had so many chances to tell me that this wasn't what you wanted. This wasn't the direction it was going in. When I called you out for the TikTok girl, you could have said, you know what, Savannah? Yeah, I went on a date. It's really not that big of a deal. We aren't there yet in our relationship because, oh, also I forgot to mention this part. We talk about the TikTok girl and he's like, you know, he took it he did everything that I could have wanted in that situation. He said, you know what? You're right. I'm going to text her, tell her that I'm exclusive with someone, ask her to take the video down. The video was down in five minutes. So that gave me the perception that, okay, we are on the same page. This was just some miscommunication, which in reality, that was bullshit. I should have, you know, seen that one coming from a mile away. But I think that for him, that was his first out. If he wanted one, he could have been like, you know what, Savannah? Yeah, I went on a date with a girl. It's really not that big of a deal. Like I told you exclusive, but for me, that means physically. And like, we didn't do anything physical. Okay. There's your first one. Second one is when you meet my family and my friends, you can't tell me that you didn't think that I didn't take this seriously after you meet my family and my friends. So everything he said was just like bullshit at that point. It was going in one ear out the other. I remember the the thing he got most upset about that night out of everything I said to him was I told him I didn't give a shit about his surfing that he had the next day. That's what really set him over the edge. So that just shows you where his priorities lied. Clearly they weren't with me, which in hindsight, it was the best thing that happened in that moment. I thought it was like terrible because I was really drunk at the time, but it was so necessary. And even though I wish I could go back and have a more civilized conversation where we were actually sober and whatever, it needed to happen. And had I not been drinking, that conversation probably wouldn't have happened. And who knows how much longer that would have been going on for. Um, the conclusion of that story is we kept talking for a couple weeks after that before ultimately we both decided that it was best to not see each other anymore. So that was like my worst and longest situationship. And from my perspective, I can speak on this because I was the type of person that was like, no, I'm okay with the situationship. I'm okay with how things are going. Like it's gonna, something's gonna happen eventually. Like I'm just gonna wait because something has to happen. And I devalued myself so much. And I remember right after that all happened, I was like, what if I was just more, like the what if started playing. I was like, what if I was more, you know, what if I had valued myself higher? What if I showed him how to treat me better? And like, what if I did all of these things? But at the end of the day, none of that was my fault. Just like I'm saying, none of it is yours. I think it's really easy to sit here and blame ourselves and say that like, we should have, you know, been tougher on them and we should have, you know, done all these things. And at the end of the day, like it just doesn't matter. Um, because if it wasn't you, it would have been someone else. If someone's, if someone is emotionally unavailable, that's just how it's going to be until they decide to not be emotionally unavailable anymore. And again, that's not always. That's just sometimes it could just be because they're not that into you. And again, that sucks, but that's okay. Because guess what? You're going to find someone who is that into you. Like looking back in the relationship that I'm in now, seven months into my relationship, this the healthy relationship that I'm in right now, and then looking back on the seven months, seven, the seven month mark, of the situationship that I was in, it's night and fucking day, night and day. And so don't wait around for someone because you're waiting for them to see your value. 
I think something that I've also learned is that we teach people how to treat us. And whether that's in the beginning or the end or whatever, what you allow is what will continue. So if you start everything off as just kind of like going with the flow and not really saying what you want and not really like putting your foot down in these types of situations, that's just going to continue because for these types of people, it's just convenient for them. And again, if a situation is what you want and you thrive in those types of environments, then go for it. Have fun because someone's got to do it. I can't be the person. I'm just not, I'm not equipped for the situationship. I just really am not. Um, but I think that some people, they thrive on it. They can really do the situationship. It works for them. And if that's the case, then I think that that's really fun. I think the situationship only works when both people are on the same page about it, just like friends with benefits, even though I think both are tricky because I think one person always will end up catching feelings that I will stand by, stand by the fact that one person is always going to catch feelings regardless of anything. So, so I think it's just really important to stay true to yourself, stay true to your values, to listen to your gut. Your gut tells you what your mind doesn't want to accept. And I have a million other situationship examples that I could explain to you and tell you about. But the common denominator in all of them is that in my gut, I knew that this wasn't right. And I knew that this wasn't working and that I was just convenient for them. It's just the fact of the matter. But I'm not going to sit here and bore you with all of the other stories, or at least I'll just save them for another day. But with that being said, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of My Thoughts Exactly. Don't get in the situationship. Leave the situationship in 2022. It is 2023 and we are leaving behind situationships. I love you. Thank you so much for listening or watching this episode. If you're new here, make sure you hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss another episode of My Thoughts Exactly. You can subscribe on all podcast platforms as well as YouTube to watch the video version. And every episode comes out on Thursdays. I will be back next week with a brand new episode for you guys. And I'll see you then. Bye guys. Bye.